Hey everyone, thanks for joining us at Wave Podcast. So Wave's tied to the Ride the Wave Foundation. We empower people by providing free training to people seeking purpose. So anyone that's homeless going through a hard time on the street, they could come in, get practical training, business type skills like how to find a purpose, positive leadership, mental health strategies. And on the flip side, providing training to people in middle to upper class to have the skills to be able to approach people in the streets they normally wouldn't. I'm Jeff Fisher. Let's ride the wave. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us at the Wave podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fisher. Mark is not with us today, but he will be on future episodes. Once in a while, we may do this. Um, today, I'm speaking with Carmela Levita. And Carmela is someone who I had a connection with. Actually, I was, before I got married to Kristen, I was scrambling a bit. So I had to get ready relatively quickly. Um, and I went to you, got your mm -hmm. hair, got a haircut. Yes. So you were my Barbara. Yes. And immediately I thought, wow, you know, you're such a, a beautiful person in spirit. And it really was such a, it has been such a, I look forward to going in to get a haircut, not only just to get a great haircut, get fitted up and look amazing, but to just have a conversation and talk with you a bit about your life. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. For joining <laughs> us and, you know, sharing your story. And I guess to start, really just want to ask you what your first impression of me was or when we met that connection, is there from your perspective? The connection was was good. It was positive. You were a gentleman. You were sweet. Uh, you were going to get married, which was a wonderful thing. And I embrace young men that come in and find their soulmate mm -hmm. and hopefully find joy the rest of their life. So it was a good connection. Yeah, and thank you. And you were so sweet and so kind. Um, do you wanna tell us about your life? You could start wherever you want. <laughs> okay, well, I'm also, there's a lot of life here, <laughs> but um, I've had a very amazing life. Very, very blessed life. Um, I came from this area, North Jersey. Uh, I was born in Newark in 59 and uh, was born in St. Michael's Hospital, mm -hmm. which I carry around my neck always, um, and brought up by two totally, totally amazing people, yeah. uh, both from Newark. Um, and I have one brother younger than myself. My parents had children late in life. So we came from a different generation. We didn't actually grow up with parents of the 50s and 60s, we grew up with parents of the 40s and 50s. Gotcha. So I got to learn many, many, many things about life, music, culture, mm -hmm. being a unit, being a family, believing in God, yeah. uh, many, many things. So the, the childhood goes without say. It was... Amazing. I happened to have two parents that were already established by the time we were were born and came into their lives. And um, they were able to give us a lot. Mm -hmm. And we had a very privileged life, my brother and I. Very, very blessed. Yeah. 
And um, my brother and I, three years difference, him being younger, he was always my baby. Yeah. Uh, he had issues as a little boy okay. um, from from having a, um, a bout of the, what do you call it? I'm trying to think what he had. He had meningitis, excuse oh, me, as a little child. And then they didn't what have, exactly is meningitis that? is a virus mm -hmm. and it goes to the brain and it can cause different things. Mm -hmm. Thank God it didn't affect him mentally, but physically it did deter him a little bit on the left side. Okay. But he grew up to be a healthy man, have beautiful, beautiful children. My nephews who I adore, um, and who adore me. Um, so like I say, living the life I lived mm -hmm. and then stepping into a darkness yeah. was a challenge because I was always mommy and daddy's girl, always coddled and taken care of and never had to worry about anything. And mm -hmm. my father was an amazing guy. He was smart and and strong, and my mother too. She had a lot of health issues. Yeah, what did your dad do? <clears throat> my father worked for Allstate Insurance for 50 years. He was with them. He was a sergeant in the Army. Huh. He was uh, He was in the military. He loved the military. Mm -hmm. uh, he was discharged early because he fell off a tanker. Um, you know, that's what he did. Right. He supervised the tankers, and he fell on his back, and his back was never the same. So he had to be released from the army, uh -huh. but he never forgot. He never forgot who he was. He never forgot where he came from, nor did my mother. They came from the depression. Mm -hmm. They came from immigrant parents. My grandmother, my mother's mother, she was total rock. Yeah. She was the provider. She bought three homes without speaking a word of English. She had two in Newark and one in Atlantic City. Oh, wow. Good for her. Yeah. And was a seamstress. Okay. And she my, must have been very talented. She was so that. talented, my grandmother. My father's mother as well, and a little more educated. My grandmother did read and write Okay. Um, on my father's side. My father lost his father young. And they were in the United States, your grandparents? They were. They were here. They came across Ellis Island, the whole nine yards. Yeah. You know, the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. And... Uh, Raised their families here, and here we all are because of them. Okay. So, you know, um, growing up was all about family. Yeah. You know, and I, I often reminisce to my customers about the awesome Christmases and Easter's. And even on Valentine's Day, my mother's youngest brother would come to the house, my mother and I. We lived in Fairfield then. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he would bring us chocolates and flowers and i mean it was always a party yeah. always there was so much love it sounds like it. it sounds like there was so much love you and know, he was a very giving person very very giving my mother's and her brothers especially her youngest brother they were like twins yeah so i grew up with my cousins the, the four of them there were two boys two girls like sisters and brothers you know we even owned a home together down the shore yeah, so we were a lot of nice memories. Like, oh, and... on and on. We we still reminisce. Yeah, over and over. So we grew up as a unit, mm -hmm. and when one one chicken was sick, all the chickens were sick. I got you. You know what I mean? Because the, the the closeness is unheard of today amongst mm -hmm. families. Yeah, you know, Jeff. It was just um, it was enduring love. 
for That's, each other. Yeah. Do you think that it having that in type of environment where there wasn't as much <laughs> challenges or struggle, was there a little bit maybe of a disadvantage in a way because it wasn't preparing you for something that would come later that was very difficult? Yes. Yes. I was a very fearful young child um, because my mother was a typical old school Italian, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be careful. Good Lock food. the doors. Don't don't go out late. Don't do, you know. So subconsciously, not blaming my mother, she was wonderful. She was so worried and so concerned about anything ever happening to her kids that it was a little over the top at times. Right, overprotective. And so growing up, the and then because I we were young and they were older, the grandparents and so on and so on, the family, um, we visited a lot of nursing homes and hospitals and we were kids. Yeah. So, you know, when you're in an Italian family like that, you go. Right. You don't, you know, you take your kids to wakes, you, you know, they go. So did you do the Sunday dinners? We all did. Every... every Sunday, my mother, two o'clock was dinner, mm -hmm. you know, sit down, everybody together, my father, my brother and I, and whoever showed up, my, my house was like... They used to say Broad and Market Street, which was in Newark, which was like a busy area. And they'd say that's how my mother's house was. How different was Newark then than it is now? Oh, way different. What was it like then? Way different. My mother worked in Newark. She used to write policies for a big insurance company in Newark. Um, there was Bamberger's, not Macy's. And, you know, it was, it was way different. It was safe. It was mm. clean. You know, it was all stores, all that center, all Bloomfield Avenue, all the way down from Bloomfield to Newark. You can just shop your heart out. Yeah. There were stores and stores. That Matter of fact, nice. when I was a little girl, I went to school in Montclair. And I went to Our Lady Mont Carmel. And we used to walk from the school, like five blocks to the where the church was, mm -hmm. you know, because we had to go to church in the morning and little, little peanuts walking with the nuns, one in the front, one in the back. But, you know, people often talk about the nuns being bad and this and that. And I never had that. Never mm -hmm. had that. My mother was friends with all the nuns. I think that people you know? have a bad taste in schools. I know people that went to Catholic schools and mm -hmm. the nurses were a little strict or mean. That yes. that happens. It's unfortunate. It's we not didn't really have how it's it in Mont Carmel. We didn't have that. We had... The nuns were nice. Yeah. The nuns were nice. They were nice. They were Filipino water. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I never, you know, I would get in trouble because I was always, da, 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 you know, <laughs> typical like I am now. Yeah, you have but, a lot of loyal <laughs> customers and you have a yeah, way about you. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was good. And then, of course, I didn't leave mommy and daddy's nest till very late in life mm -hmm. when I met my significant other. And uh, knew it was time yeah. to be with someone that I really, really loved. And um, that's how I ended up in this neck, or down in Piscataway area, down in our neck of the woods. Yeah. You know, prior to that, I was a North Jersey girl all my life. Okay. It's still a North Jersey girl, always will be. <laughs> but, um, and we, things were good. It was a rough start. There was a lot of different things. And then uh, to roll forward, mom and dad. We're getting older. Um, they had been living up in Caldwell. Mm -hmm. At that time, they sold the house. And uh, I was there with them for a little bit. 
And then they were it's getting to a point where they really shouldn't have been on their own. And my brother and my father bought a home together in, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> in Tom's River. Mm-hmm. And they resided there for quite a few years until my mom, my mom had a lot of issues. She had a stroke when I was like 21, and I became- How old was she then? My mother was in her 60s. Okay. She was in her 60s. But the fight in my parents was so powerful that that became my fight. My mother, she fought so hard. My mother was in Italy on vacation with my father and her doctor, who used to be their tenant years ago mm-hmm. when he was studying. He said, Marie, I'll send you to Italy. But he said, I just want you to know you have your blood pressure starting to get high. You have a little bit of diabetes. Mm. You got to take the medicine. If you don't take the medicine, I'm not going to send you. And um, my mom said, yeah, 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 I'll take it. So she had a tragic thing happen. A very close friend my father worked with. Him and the wife went to Florida with their son and daughter-in-law, future daughter-in-law. And he was killed oh. on vacation. He him and his wife were walking wow. the beach, and a guy came from behind with a sawed-off shotgun and killed him. That's He's, terrible. He stood in front of his wife to push her. He saved her, but he—so they had to take him back. She got away. She got away, but she was never the same. They were robbing him? The guy— was after them for money, yeah. And he That's so tragic. jumped in front of the wife. And they were a beautiful couple. They really loved each other. Yeah. They lived in Fairfield, a couple of houses down from us. Ah, no way. It's such yeah. a tragic story. Yeah. So my mother went to Italy with that heavy heart besides that. She was so sad for her friend. Mm-hmm. And the emotion she had um, when she saw the Pope, it was very hot. She wasn't taking her medicine. They were out doing the polka mm-hmm. and dancing, and my mother loved a good time. So did my father. And she went down, and she had a stroke in Italy. At the time, I had two cousins studying to be doctors in Italy. They both came from the different parts. That's convenient. Yeah. And my father had family there, and everybody came to help him. Oh, that's good. And um, they said if she makes 24 hours, she has a chance. And she did. And lo and behold, because my father did so well, after a month, she was there for a month, he was able to fly her back with a, in you know, first class with a private doctor on board to get her back here. And when he got here, his brother was a doctor, yeah, my uncle, in Passaic General. He was the head of the emergency room, had everything ready for my mother. What a blessing he was. Yeah. and uh, That was meant to be. Yeah. And at that age, I became a grown-up, big time. How old were you again? 20, I, I want to say I was about 21. Okay, so 22. that's young. I was young. To take that. It was a big that. responsibility. I spent, every, I, you know, I had a job. I was starting to cut hair, and I, uh, I left the job to stay in the hospital. Because at that point, it's funny how God works. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a little bit of a rebel, rebel. You know, I did my thing. I was a party. I like to go You'd be out. surprised, Carmela. Yeah. I wouldn't want to tell you what I saw <laughs> <laughs> in my 20s. Right? <laughs> so this was like the Lord saying, 
open your eyes. You don't realize how blessed you are. Yeah. You ab abuse your privileges to have such wonderful parents. Open your eyes. And at that point, the thought of not having my mother, ugh, I couldn't even imagine not yeah. having my mother. Yeah, same here. So when she came back, of course, she was temporarily paralyzed on the left. And um, even my brother, you know, she at that time used to do a lot for him, mm. you know, because of his left arm. She would cut his steak and do different things for him. And it was very hard for him. And he's not a boy that shows emotion. But he was very sad. So the whole time keeping it in. Yeah, he um, was very sad. Up. And uh, to see his mother like that and not, he's not a verbal guy. I'm verbal. I'm outgoing. I'll yeah. tell you how I feel. He won't. Yeah. He brings it in. So I spent every waking hour in that hospital with my mother. I wouldn't leave her side. I did everything for her. Yeah. Top to bottom. The nurses would say, you don't really need us in this room. Because you're here all the time. Yeah. I said, well, it's my mother. Of course. You know, yeah. I got my mother to walk. I took my mother home. I made sure that she was going to come home, not go into rehabs and yeah. all that stuff. Was your mom really committed to rehabbing, getting better? She was. Or were you forcing her to do it? No, she was so determined. My mother Strong was woman. determined. That's where I get it from. Yeah. Very And if I would say something to my mother... Mom, it's not fair for you. It's a, her famous line was, que sera, sera. Whatever's going to be is going to be. That's really true. You can't stop it. Pray. That was her famous line because she was very close to God, my mother. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, she wanted to be a nun when she was a kid. Really? Yeah, she went to St. Lucy's in Newark. Mm -hmm. um, and my grandmother used to go into the city to get material to make clothes, and she'd ask the nuns, can Maria stay with you? Will you watch her for me today? And she loved being with the nuns. Very nice. So, you know, she was very, very close to God. And um, You seem like someone who is too. When we were having conversations and you shared some of your life, me a little bit, I felt mm -hmm. that. I feel like you, there was something about your presence while just sitting there. Mm -hmm. And I think the timing of everything that I had going on was meant to be and a little bit divine too, but I almost felt felt you there because there was a presence almost like you have some knowledge or a way about you where you, you seem like you have seen some things. I, I can't really I put know. words into it, mm -hmm. I get but the it. way our connection was, I, I did have that feeling like there's something special about you. I do. I do feel that the Lord kept me here for a reason. And if I do anything good today, if I touch only one or two people, yeah, it's it's my gift back. It's beautiful for all I was given. the <laughs> The journey has been amazing, sad, and rough. Yeah, but also the outcome is amazing. It's terrific to think that our bodies are so beautifully made mm -hmm. by our Lord that they heal themselves. They work for us, and he works miracles mm -hmm. in our bodies because we are his. We are his. There's nothing else. There's no other. There's no other God. There's one. One, one, one Lord of the, uh, of the, the 
universe. Right. And that's him. That beautiful man, when you see him up on the cross, you think to yourself, what you did for us, because we're all sinners, right? We're sinners. We right. are. And he did that so that we could walk this earth and enjoy and and reap the rewards of his hard work, mm -hmm. his sacrifice to give up his life so that we could enjoy it. Yeah. And when our young ones, if they can only understand... You know, I I'm, take out all of the other equations of the Bible and this and that, and look at the cross and look into the eyes of the Lord. Those beautiful, beautiful eyes are yours. He is your Father. He created you. Every one of us is different. No two people are alike. They say there's another someone, you know, like you walking the earth. Maybe true, but. We are all one of a kind. Mm -hmm. That's what makes us so special. I Good and bad. Yeah. I, you know? I, I do. I feel your spirit. And you are, are saying this, but I think also you've had some experiences where those experiences has led you to be able to yes. speak on this a little bit more, like yes. the way you are with that passion and that seriousness. And I think that I agree. I definitely, my life has transformed into something unexpected in a really beautiful, great way. And I have a lot of blessings in my life and a lot to look forward to. Yes. And getting through the things that I, I've had in my life, I didn't think I would be here in this position. And I cannot really explain that other than the grace of God. So yeah, it's... It's pretty amazing. It is hard. It is hard for people. You know, people will look at you and go, oh, come on. You know, you and the, uh, I don't believe it. It is very hard to believe in something you can't see. Yeah. To believe in something that your heart is ripping out. Things in your life are so bad. Someone you love so much is so sick. And you say, hey, how could it be? Why would you do this? Hmm. Why? Because he is the Lord, and he is trying to show you something, and you're too blind to see it. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences yes. with health and yes. things that we have talked about? Mm -hmm. So then people have an understanding of how you've gotten to that. Mm -hmm. It is not education that brings you to this point. It is experience. It is going through something so horrific that you never could fathom in your life. In 2018, in that summer, I had, I lost my father in 17. I took care of my mom and dad, this is very important, till the end of their life. Because mm -hmm. that was my joy right. for all they had did for us, my brother and myself. My significant was... Amazing, took amazing care of them when I couldn't be there because I had a business. I had a barbershop of my own at that time. Mm -hmm. But my father's wishes were to not spend that money, you know, like for a home health aid when I couldn't be there or my significant couldn't be there or whatever. He rather, he wanted to save that for us. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling him, you have done above and beyond for us all our lives. Please spend it on mommy. 
Please spend it on you. And we will give up the weekends and we will stay here with you guys. You don't have to have anybody on weekends hmm. just during the week because we had to work. Yeah. So just to tell you, my mother made her, this is how I say how the Lord works. My mother made her own bed. We were going to get company, family coming to my house. Now they were living with me. Mm-hmm. And she was so proud of my house. And this was a cousin of my father. We always called aunt. She was older. My mother said, listen, I want you to go out. I want you to find me a baby blue comforter, sheets. I want that room to look, because my mother was that way. And so mother and daughter. <laughs> oh, ma, well, I went crazy looking. And she was so mad. You were out all day. You, I said, ma, and I showed her. She goes, oh, how beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. So to go forward. That was all beautiful. She was so excited. Well, the day my mother, three days before my mother was going to pass and leave us, two things. One, my mother said, I said to my mother, I said, Mom, are you ready? Hmm. Are you ready? Because if you are, it's okay. She says to me, are you ready? I will never forget that. Hmm. She was holding on because she was afraid that I wouldn't be able to survive and nobody thought I would survive after my mother because oh, wow. we were this tight. She was my everything, my mother. I said, yes, Mom, please. I don't want you to suffer anymore. I was right there. My mother, we had a, 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 an aide uh, who my mother loved, who, who loved my mother. Just be careful a little bit with the table when you bang the table. No, you're okay. You could, oh, I'm sorry. Like that. No, it's okay. Anyway. I just want to make sure the sound. So anyway, my mom, she put her in the, she had the blue sheets, the blue blanket, and she was in beautiful blue pajamas. My mother looked beautiful in blue, baby blue pajamas. And that's how she passed. And she passed with my father and myself in the room. My mother hated the fall. And it was a fall day, and it was warm and sunny. She hated the fall. And somewhere over the rainbow came on in their room because I had music pumped into their room. Mm-hmm. And that's how my mother left this world. Wow. Content right to the end. And you were there. And I was there. We were so, there. My stepfather, Ralph, he was a, like, I use stepfather loosely. He was my father. And he's who raised me. And towards the end, it was very difficult, especially in my mom. She was the primary care and he had alzheimer's towards the end and it got pretty pretty bad he needed constant care mm-hmm. and my mom was home i had a couple cousins some people there and he was on the bed not looking like he would last too long he had everything off it was hospice at this point just medication mm-hmm. things like that my mom was there from the beginning the whole time she happened to go to lunch with my other cousin and Amanda, my cousin left. So I was upstairs and I was eating a slice of pizza. He hasn't, he really didn't make a sound cause he was just so quiet down there, breathing really heavy. So I went up, I heard a sigh and I haven't heard one in a while. So I decided to go downstairs. And as I was going downstairs, I kind of felt 
something I could see. It almost came to in my spirit or or mind. Came I could feel him. I could feel him maybe and I in my soul was telling him to move on. It was almost something that came over me as I was going down the stairs. I felt like I knew in a way. So when I went down, I was holding his hand as he was breathing. And as I was holding his hand, I was watching him and he slowly breathed just softer and softer and softer. And then it went away. And it was just me in the room. When I was young, I had a very special bond with him. I was four years old. My parents got a divorce. So him and I were very close through the years. And I felt him pass through as well. And it didn't feel like something that was bad or anything like that. I felt like it was a really nice experience that him and I were able to share together mm-hmm. there. And there's more behind that. But yeah, it was it's something else to to be there in that setting. It was very peaceful, very calm, yes. and it was lovely. It is. It is a. It was a gift because here my mother didn't even know she was at at that point. She was making her own bed for her time coming because that's how she left this world, and very happy. She had a great life, very peaceful, yeah. and with my significant myself and my father with her. She never wanted to be in a nursing home. She never was. She was in her own home. She passed in her own in her own beautiful surroundings. Yeah. And my dad, I did that the same thing with my father right till the end of his life. So here we are, 2017, and everybody now is, my mom has passed. My father is, my mom 09, my father 17. And I'm thinking to my significant, okay, now maybe we're going to like kind of live a little, not in a bad way by no means, but, yeah. you know, it was a long haul. Yeah, sure. There's, you get you know? some relief yes, because there's you don't have to work so hard on there. And also if she's not suffering, right? it's a bit, may feel guilty, but I get that. You know, for both of them. And it was like, okay, so 2018, or actually at the end, right when my father was really sick, but I couldn't concentrate on myself. I started not feeling well. And my legs were getting really big, like at the bottom, really swollen. Mm-hmm. And that summer I'm going, something's wrong with me, hon. Something's wrong with me. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I just don't feel good. So to escalate forward after my dad and all, 2018, that summer I was really not feeling I was going to all my doctors, no, but no, you're fine. Your numbers are fine. I'm going, but it can't be. Mm-hmm. I don't feel right. I was so thirsty all the time. I, I just had all these weird signs. Yeah. Then it was getting worse. And my cardiologist, because I did have heart issues at 49, maybe it's the veins in your legs. I, I think you have a couple of blockages. By the time he got to me, I ended up going to Princeton. I even had that done. And... The doctor's going, Carmelia, you're fine. I don't know what it is. I don't know. And the pain in my legs, they were humongous. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even walk. So I went through a lot of stuff. And finally, that summer, the young guys came into my shop. I was still working. And they loved what they saw. And they were interested in buying and I said, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, 
maybe it's not a bad idea. So I'm really not feeling good. I was there for 11 years, 10, 11 years in mine. So I did. I sold it to these young men. They were beautiful young boys. Another beautiful connection. Mm. And they said, the only thing we ask of you is that you stay with us. I said, stay with you. They said, you're going to have a different element, a different craft. No, no, no. You have a lot of customers. Mm -hmm. We don't want you leaving us. We want you to stay. If you stay, we're in. I said, all right, I'll stay, I'll stay. So I did. I stayed with them. But as I was working with them, I was getting sicker. Mm -hmm. I remember leaving one night the shop. Jeff, I couldn't even see. I I had this like white light, and I'm going like this. Like I couldn't see. I was exhausted. I wasn't eating. I was losing weight like crazy. Just, I couldn't eat. I couldn't, everything smelled terrible. Finally, in December, I had a physical. And my doctor, God rest his soul, he and I were very good friends. We were like, like friends, like, you know, and um, he said, you know, your numbers are a little a little crazy. So the girls, the nurses called and said, Dr. Scalia wants you to come back and redo some of the blood work because your creatinine level is a little high, which functions your, that's your kidney. Okay. Back and forth, back and forth with him, going to work, not feeling good. Now I'm starting to go home and telling my significant I'm going to bed. I can't even stay awake. I couldn't walk up the stairs. Hmm. Finally, says to me, you know what? This is wrong. Something's not right. I'm going this time with you. And we're going to find out what's really going on because he's telling you nothing, nothing, nothing. It's going to be okay. You know, meanwhile, the wife, his wife was my doctor too, Dr. Jordan, is saying she thinks you need a nephrologist. So which is it? And what's that? Um, that's for your kidney. Okay, so somebody that would specialize, specialize in specifically kidney, kidney. Yes. So, P.S. I went and I we went, and my significant is saying, "You look at all the papers and see what's going on. Something's not right." Lo and behold, she says, "Well, not only does she need a nephrologist, she needs an oncologist. Oncologist, where did that come from? That's when it all started. So, she ended up sending me up to Hunterdon Medical Center. Okay." Hooked me up with an oncologist, Dr. Shaw. She was a beautiful woman. She says, Carmela, do you mind if we do a bone bone scan today just to check? I guess. I mean, I didn't know what was going It was like a whirlwind. Yeah. Like, what's going on? So strange that that long you went with nobody knowing. Nobody. It is such a rare disease, amyloid. Amyloid is what I had. Amyloid. Right. It was. It's called primary AL. Amyloidosis. Okay. There are three different kinds. The one I had was the most common. There is a genetic. They said I didn't have the genetic. And then there's a more severe. I think it's connected to um, the bone cancer as well. Okay. Do you have children? I No. Okay. So no. if it was genetic. Right. But... Right. No. Thank God. I have a daughter through my relationship. Mm. So anyway... I said, okay, so I'm telling you, Jeff, that was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. A bone 
Marrow is no joke. They go through the very small canal of your your spine, and they pull pieces to see if you have cancer in your bones. I had 5% in my bones. So that was the beginning. Go ahead. Did you want to say something? No, I just would think that they would go to a different bone. Why do they have to go in the back? They go through. Or you, the, they go they in get the, the bone marrow. No, your your spine. It is a spine. Yeah, oh, they because they get the bone marrow out of the spine. I would think it's, out of all the bones, they wouldn't go where all the, the nerves were. In such oh a my little, goodness! But. It is the pain. There, there are no words. I mean, even with all the lidocaine they give you to supposedly numb you. Oh, they didn't knock you completely out. No, they can't. They can only numb you. That's it. And they put Oof. this gigantic needle in. From what I hear, I didn't see it, but I felt it. Yeah. So as this was all going on, I'm getting progressively and progressively worse. Even the kidney doctor's going, no, I think you'll be all right. Like nobody knew, you know, it was scary. But she did. She had an idea. So she says, listen, she says, I'm going to send you home. She says, "Um, but I think you're going to have to start some chemo. Chemo. Well, we're going to see. I'm thinking that's the route we, for what? She couldn't say because it wasn't positive yet. So by this point now, I'm still working. I came home this particular night. I couldn't get out of the car. I don't even know how I drove myself home. You drove yourself home? I drove myself home from Matawan. That's where my business was. And the boys loved me and they used to keep me there till seven. Not keep me there, but I had people. And did you always feel you know? like you wanted to stay despite the pain? And I did. I always fought it. And I always, always I would sit it. in the back because I was getting lightheaded. I was starting to sweat. And I'm going, oh, maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's just everything, you know, piling up. So anyway, I continued on. And I, I got in the house and I went to sleep. And I got up the next morning, Jeff. I could not move. And my significant went to work. I called. I said, look. They just called me from Hunterdon. Mm-hmm. I have to go right to the emergency room. They said I'm in kidney failure. Wow. Just like that. What? I said, they're saying I'm in kidney failure. Came home, rushed me to the emergency room. And in the emergency room, the doctor said, sweet child, you are lucky you're here because you wouldn't have made tomorrow morning. Oh, wow. My both kidneys were sh- shut down. And one was working so minimally that it was just about keeping me alive. They hooked me up to dialysis right away. I can't tell you. I, I didn't. I almost like was out of my own self. Yeah, because, what is that like? You know, the experience of all these doctors coming from all over, and I'm this big, like I'm so humongously swollen everywhere, putting ports all over me, putting ports in my arms, putting things in my, I mean, I I didn't know what hit me. Right. And this is overnight. I mean, it's just a call and then you're there and it's frantic. And that's it. Yeah. So I'm put in, I'm so sorry. That's good. Excuse me. I'm put into the hospital, of course. And now all these doctors are coming in. We don't really know. We're going to do cultures. They thought maybe it could be um, Lyme's disease, can shut your kidneys. They were not sure. But the one oncologist, she had a feeling. 
she finally told my kidney doctor, this girl needs it. She needs a uh, kidney um, biopsy. We got a biopsy of the kidney. Wow. But before all this, they're, they're putting ports in, taking ports out. I, I, I can't get up to even go to the bathroom by myself. I mean, just like that. I mean, And where yes. is your, during all this, your, your pain level? Are they giving you medication? It was just, it wasn't so much the pain. It was the fatigue. Okay. It was the scare. You know, it's like something you see in the movies, everybody rushing in. I was very close to death. Yeah. Very close. I was knocking at the door. Yeah, you knocked. And uh, and the Lord knocked back. <laughs> he does. So don't worry, I'm here. <laughs> and uh, from that point, it was the biopsy and then the wait to see. Supposedly, like I said, there was 5% in the bone. And when it came through, I will never forget that moment. My significant and I sitting in the lounge area there had walked me to the lounge and all the nurses were so lovely they were all so they kind of had a feeling there was something very serious we're sitting there and it's snowing i'll never forget it's like march and it's we're having snow mm-hmm. it was march 9th and what year is this 2018 and on the phone speaker the doctor. Yes, Dr. Manning, I've been waiting. You know, can you tell me, you know, did you get the culture back? Yes, Carmel. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. He says, um, you have a disease called amyloid. Okay, what is that? It's a very rare blood disorder. It has gone in and has shut down, your, in your case, your kidneys. We need to check to make sure it hasn't gone anywhere else in your body. My God, I said, and what are we, am I going to get my kidneys back? It's a journey, he said, but don't you worry. We'll get you on your feet. The tears were, they they were no words. I can't imagine that scary. That night, I was flooded with my family. All there. All came. All so scared so worried and I'm looking at all of them and I'm thinking this can't be happening they all need me they need me Lord do something please help me well from that point it was getting a regiment correct regiment for me and they put me on chemo Jeff Chemo, oral chemo drugs that there had to be 15, 16, 20, 30, 40 pills. If it's in the blood, no transfusion? Oh, I had those too. But that was later on because I was the after, that was later on. But no, they can't do it. It's not, it's so rare, this blood disorder. It's like a, a cell gone bad. It okay. thinks it's working for your body. And instead, it ravishes your organs to shut, try and shut everything down because that's what the body does. Right. The immune system, it tries to protect you. It thinks it's protecting you. Now, in my case, thank God I didn't have both diseases. I didn't have the amyloid and the bone disease because a lot of people that were in the hospital were there for both. It's very hard 
to fight both mm-hmm. because it, it just overtakes you. So I, I went home. I had all these drugs to take. I had to come back once a week for a shot in my belly, uh, a cancer drug in the belly. I was with the oncologist. I was very sick, to say the least. I just, it was, it's, some of it I don't even, kind of don't even remember because I think it was so bad. My mind, nature has blocked it. So I did that for for a month. They sent me home like this for a month watching me. Hmm. And when I got to a point where they felt that it was working, well, first they told me there was, there's three, there's three ways. First one is you do nothing about it. And you'll live a couple weeks. A couple of weeks. Weeks. Yes. Carmela. That's how bad it was. I couldn't. I'm so glad you're alive in here. You know. Or you do chemo the rest of your life. What does it feel like when someone says the word two weeks if you don't do it? It's, you're you're like, you feel like you're dreaming. Are you beside yourself? Yeah. Like you're, you're outside of yourself. Looking at you, you looking at you going, my life's going to be over. That's it. I'm only, I'm only 59 years old. It's very young for that. You know, I'm 59. I want to live. I want to see my nephews have kids. I want to see marriage. I want to see maybe my daughter get married. I want to see maybe, you know, this or that. I didn't go here. I didn't go there. That's what starts going through your mind. It's not the material things. It's the events in life mm-hmm. that we all look forward to. You know, I don't like that route. Mm -mm. What's the second thing? Well, you can be on chemo the rest of your life. Can't guarantee it's not going to start affecting other parts of you. And dialysis, because my kidneys weren't coming back. Or you could go for the big one. And I said, and what is the big one, you know? Well, you can get a stem cell transplant. And we can hope we can kill this son of a gun yeah. and get rid of it for good. We cannot cure it, but we can put it to sleep for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's touch and go, but we see much success. What is this? I'm not, I had no idea of any of this stuff. Right. From that point, Jeff, they checked every single part of me, my brain. My ears, my nose, my kidneys, my lip, well, my kidney was gone. My liver, my spleen, everywhere. This, this is such like a, a guinea bad. Pig there just getting. Oh, you you this. can't imagine how many hours you spend on um, X-rays and CAT scans, and I mean, hours and hours and hours going from one place. Did to you have the to go other. to a special facility or hospital to get all this done because um, it was so rare, or was this local? No, they were. Pretty local x-ray and all this other things. But I did have to go to Hackensack a lot. They had a lot of specialty testing because that's where I chose to go for my stem cell transplant. Okay. And um, at first I was going to go to the Presbyterian in New York. I went and saw the – I did my research. And husband and wife were top in the country because that's all they did. They studied this terrible disease. But the insurance wouldn't cover me at the time, for out-of-state. So right away, I had to switch over to, I went on um, Medicare and Social Security right away 
for two reasons. One, that I was deemed permanently, you know, uh, with the ki- with the kidney that I was not going to get my functions back, uh, terminally ill, mm-hmm. and um, just because of all the health issues I had, so I was able to get disability and Medicare Young, and then I was allowed to go anywhere. But at this point, I had picked Hackensack, which I'm very glad I did. They were amazing, 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 in this disease. And um, so I, you know, they they were prepping me now because they said the numbers. I was reacting very well to chemo, and they felt stem cell was going to be a good route. Yeah, for me. So that's when it all started to escalate, and in July uh, or in June, June, excuse me. So I went from March to June, you know, being home. And um, I remember my brother coming up. As a matter of fact, I was reading last night. I had started to write a little journal. Yeah. And uh, it kind of made me very emotional because you don't really think. God gives us that blessing that after going through something like that, mm-hmm. he kind of takes it away so that we don't have to carry that burden anymore but just learn from it yeah learn from your journey help others with your journey yeah yeah i i hear that i for myself don't want to screw it up i think that we have such a good opportunity and god has blessed wave and the things that we can accomplish with our commitment statement and i think though me getting in the way of myself Mm -hmm. something ego or that I could screw up is my main concern. But I try to do a morning routine and I do pray and things like that to keep on track. But for me, that's my that's my concern. That's your I, demise. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's just because we're not perfect. And, no, we're not. And I know that I will have to remain humble. And after a certain amount of point, I don't ever, I'm afraid of ever getting into that tyrant or that mean egotistical, but I know that or I would never want to pretend to be like God or have that oh, really know. inflated yeah. aspect. But because we know that Jesus wasn't perfect, or excuse me, I'm sorry, Jesus was, that means I'm not that. So because I wasn't perfect, it's a gauge. It's a gauge for me to realize how elevated energy or when these things happen that my ego will not completely take over so that's something that i have learned recently mm-hmm. when in that situation or feeling a certain way or connected that okay well i know who i am because i know who i'm not exactly in a sense exactly right we'll never be that until we go home to eternal life and even then we won't be that but we will be home we will be with our with our God, with our Father in heaven, with all of our friends and family, and whoever will be there at the gates to greet you with the Lord, they will all be there to embrace you and bring you home. That's where we all started. We were seeds put into our moms, and the Lord made us. He created us. He chose the women to have you, to have me, for me or you or whoever to have their children. There is a special bond. If you think about Mary, how she had to believe 
because how could a woman believe there is a child growing in me and I've never been intimate? How is that possible? Hmm. But she believed. She believed and Joseph believed when he stood next to her as her husband to have the child, the the king of the world. Yeah, and you're such a, a fighter and your mom was. Do you feel like faith is where the fight is? Faith is where the fight is. Faith is what got me to sit across from you, beautiful face today, and be so blessed You're to beautiful. be here with you. You're, I'm so glad. You know I mean? have been for weeks just waiting and texting you, reaching out, yes, seeing how you're doing. Yes. I've been thinking about you nonstop. I've wanted you to sit down since the moment I met you and mentioned and you expressed interest because I know that you were meant to share your story mm-hmm. and to put it out there because you've lived it and you've experienced it because you've gone as far right. as you can go if you want to get into that or I don't you want to know, keep you it, off. It, is, it's, it, it is true fact that during the journey from that point of the stem cell transplant to say that there was no fear would be a lie. I, I was extremely fearful. And for the first time, I had to be fearful without mom. She wasn't here. Dad, he wasn't here, especially mommy. You become a child again when you're sick. You do. At any age, there's nobody like your mother to be next to you. You could have the best partner, significant husband's wife, whatever. But there's nobody, and this is no offense because I have an amazing significant. The fact that my mommy wasn't sitting there with me Yeah, on those. And no matter, even at that point, when you are so sick, Jeff, you're alone. Even with everybody around you, you're alone. You're fighting the fight. You're dealing with the pain, with the battle. You have to be strong. You have to stay focused on what you believe. You have to know what was it like to have nails put through his hands and his feet, to be scorned, to be hit over the head with palms, to be ravished by horrible people that didn't want to believe in him, thorns on his head, blood dripping down his face. And you look at um, Mary Magdalene when she wiped his face and it came out on the cloth. How is that possible? How is that possible? There is only one man who could make that possible, and that is the Lord. So when I would think of the pain and others that were going through probably worse than myself, because you have to step out of yourself Hmm. and look at others around you. And I would lay there, and I was just reading that when I was reading my journal, and I would say, please, God, blessed mother, Help these people in here that are worse than I am. Wow, that's powerful. That's what I would say. It's okay, Lord. I can take it. You carry the cross for me. I can take it. But please help these others. Don't let them suffer. Please. It's terrible. And every day, prayers. I had my saint cards. I had him on my phone. And and they never went off his face would never go off. Every night I'd look at him and the tears would come and say, please, Lord, 
this was a rough day. And I, it was really rough. Yeah. When they, you know, when spitting the blood, that wasn't terrible. And, you know, taking it from me, you know. But when they hit me with that chemo, hmm. you know, not the not the oral stuff. That was bad enough. This was a very, very powerful chemo through IV drip. It's a one day. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to go in and kill all of these bad cells okay. without hurting anything else, hopefully. While you're going through that process, your immune system is going down, 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 down until it hits zero. So you had no immune system left. Really? You're, you're down to zero. You oh. are so sick, Jeff. You have no control over anything in your body. Did they put you in a very clean room? Are you in a- yes. Oh, yes. They're probably coming in with full-on Masks, everything. Even my family couldn't come in without being totally dressed. You know? Yeah, you are definitely um, not with anyone. And all the rooms on that floor. And all night you hear all these people screaming in pain. Help me. Help me. And then you become one of them. In the beginning, you're like, all right, well, I get up. I took my shower. And all of a sudden, it hits you. My mouth, when they were giving me the chemo, they tell you to drink cold water. It was so bad that my mouth started to bleed profusely. My tongue. Oh, my gosh. It was bleeding everywhere. It wouldn't stop. What would make that? Because they're breaking down your body. So it would that it's right away everything. as you're drinking just the And this chemo is burning you. From the ins- my skin was black. It burnt me from the inside out. Jeez, Carmela. So my skin was black. It took weeks after I was home when I was allowed to finally wash and how my significant would cry because all this black would come off of me. It was like char, like burnt me from the inside out. I was very thin. I had the most beautiful hair. Curly, thick, beautiful hair. Getting emotional. You know, lost all my hair. But you know what? I got to tell you, vanity's not important. I didn't care. I embraced it. I said, I'm bald, I'm bald. I hated it. I waited till I had this much left to finally take it off. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. I couldn't even hold a phone. I couldn't hold it in my hands. Um, at that point, you're so down. Hmm. Uh, you can't move. You, you're just, you're so sick. Everything's coming out from everywhere. <laughs> it's just, it's nonstop. And the pain that you feel, your insides, like almost like they're being ripped out. Really? Uh, you know, during the night, you're just up. You cannot sleep. You cannot drink. You just feel so lethargic. What made you not give so, up? What made you not say, you know, I hate you and why this is happening? I don't know. I don't, I really don't have the answer. I had never once at that point, at that point, just kept saying, I can do this. I can do this. And pray and pray. I mean, lots and lots of prayers to different saints, to doing the rosary, to my mother, to my father, to everyone. Um, I remember 
them telling me when I went into the hospital for the stem cell transplant, oh, you'll be here for Fourth of July. Wait until you see how beautiful you're going to see all the fireworks in Manhattan from here. It's so beautiful. Well, that never happens because that night I was so, so sick. I remember one of my friends coming to see me and I couldn't even respond to her. I couldn't even respond. And it's weird. It was like the last time I saw her. I think it got to her so badly. I never heard from her again after that. So it affected her that much? It was, yeah. To see, she knew me for many years and never was sick. And all of a sudden, here I was. So vulnerable, so sick. So um, I was a mess. I was a mess. So what they do is they... They watch your numbers, and as your numbers start to come back, now they have put the clean blood back into your body. Okay. All right? And your body starts to become new, like a child. They took everything away from you. So now this is all fresh, clean blood. So every day you get a little bit better, mm-hmm. a little bit better. But it's a very, very long journey. How long? I was in the hospital for a month. Wow. And um, in that month, I experienced a lot of surreal feelings. I felt like I was no longer Carmela, Mm -hmm. who was sick. I was no longer Carmela who was healthy. I was the Lord's child. Yeah. And he had me. And I was his. My identity changed who I was. That feisty, crazy chick, she was gone, yeah. in a sense. This was a humble, very close-to-God woman who had been touched by the Lord, who had been put through something from the Lord to show this is reality. This is life. If you can do this for me, don't worry. I will save you. Just know I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I'm never leaving you. And I remember one one of my dialysis treatments because I couldn't leave that room. I couldn't go down to the main dialysis floor with all the others. Mm-hmm. They did dialysis in the room. And the nurse came in. And that's during the time I was pretty sick. And I remember opening my eyes. Jeff, this is so, so real. I know it's hard for people to believe. There were angels in her eyes. I believe that. There were angels. And I looked at her. And how I remember this, because I was so sick, I looked at her and I said, you're one of us. You are one of us. As if I was speaking from the Lord. Right. And I put my hands on her hand. I said, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for helping me. And she's going, you're okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But, you know, I guess in her eyes, she figured this girl's sick, <laughs> you know, but... I know what yeah, I saw. I think you that know? there are levels and there are, you were in a, a realm where you had a, a connection was, to a divine 
experience. I have also, without going into my story at all, have had experiences, but yeah, it's, I think that there are, there are angels around. There, there, the spirits, the angels, the spirits, whatever, they are with us every single day. We don't see them, but you feel them. You know, like you'll pass a grant, you'll pass the ground and go, oh, look, that dime head, heads up. Mm-hmm. That's one of your angels trying to say, hi, I'm here. Something falls off a tree or, but nobody looks for the sign. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. You look at the clock every time. You know, it's that yeah. same time. You get a, a text when you exactly. thought of a friend or yes. at that exact time. These are the signs that come from above. That's how I live my life. Everybody should live their life the way they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that people that don't believe are bad people. There's a lot of people who say they believe and are bad people. There are a lot of people that don't believe and are good people. It doesn't matter. It's your experiences yeah. that bring you to a point that nobody could understand. Yeah, and I also think it is respecting other people as well and understanding that not everybody may have certain knowledge or others may have certain beliefs and ways of going about and getting to what you're talking about i mean i'm yeah. somebody the i do believe in other avenues and, and ways and things like things like that so yeah i mean it's if i think that like you said it's not all bad people it's good and bad, but at a minimum, I think that if people just respected each other's beliefs instead of not having knowledge and maybe putting up a perception or here's the reasons why you shouldn't do that or that's, or putting somebody down for something, Mm -hmm. that's a belief. If we get rid of that, I think we, and sit down and have conversations just like this. Yes. I think that we could find, we have a lot more in common we share a lot of experiences and angel studios came out and I had watched it. We talked about that. I I watched it because of our conversation and I just thought a really fantastic movie about near death experiences and really the information that they've collected. I mean, proof, whatever you could say, because there's always going to be a line that you can never measure. That's right. And it comes by eyewitness. However, it's very interesting how much they have spoken to people and how much information they've collected now. And it, is, it connects. It's, it's, it, it's, it is truly amazing. I mean, the one doctor who was an atheist didn't believe at all, was a, was a cardiologist and a scientist, because scientists, it's very hard for them to believe. They believe in science, right? They mm-hmm. believe that we're put together by science and, and all these other things. But that doctor doing so much research with the other doctors came to re- came to feel that, yes, there is a Lord. There is more. And people don't want to come back. They don't. Do you know that scientists, years, years back, there was more of a connection. And Darwin, I don't know if it's exactly Darwin, but guys like that in science, mm-hmm. they have journals from them. They are devout Jesus followers. Because people they, don't understand that. Yeah. And that wasn't always like that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And, you know, everybody's looking for an outlet. Everybody's looking to be happy. Everybody's looking, 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 looking. And it's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Life is a simple 
simple, not complicated thing. We make it complicated because money is the devil, money is the evil, things. How much can I have? My friend has $300 sneakers. I want $500. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? Because greed takes over and makes people unhappy. So here they are, wealthy as can be, but they're the most unhappy, happiest people ever. Because the simplest things in life can make you happy. Yeah. If you know yourself and you know who you are and you appreciate the small things in your life. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, for Ride the Wave, the path is to the person on our website. If you look, it comes right up. So I completely agree. And one of the things that we're trying to do is to put together a program, skills for people to approach people on the street they normally wouldn't and have those engaging. Because I've learned through these experiences like meeting you. And now that this show is taking on an evolution Mm -hmm. with guests and, and things like that, it's becoming a lot easier for me to get guests and connect with people. There is something to that. Health is wealth. Time is money, and we're focused on the wrong things. So every year I do a one word through John Gordon. Last year was listen. I think I could also maybe do some more on that. I can improve anything like that. Um, This year is patience. But I did decide to do the opposite of a one word like that, and mine this year is distraction because I feel like that's the counter and that's what's really prevalent right now because technology, people busy, they're doing so many things and you overlook the important aspects of you don't take the time. connections. And there yes. is nothing more fulfilling mm-hmm. than sitting across from you and having this spiritually filling, mentally just me learning and it's put me into this transformation of growth that is so amazing. And I just would love to be able to transfer it to people if I could. Well, I hope that, I hope I can do that for you, through being here with you. Um, I really believe that God had or has a journey for me. I've always said it. I ask him all the time, Lord, I don't feel like I'm fulfilling the goals that you left me here for. Mm-hmm. You brought me back down, you know, not that you, I left earth, but you you kept me here on earth. What do you want of me? What can I do to help others? What What is it I can do? Show me. Right. You know, I need your guidance. I can't do it without you. Do I volunteer with people on dialysis and sit there with them and explain to them that I know how hard it is, but... You'll get through. Do I go to people with amyloid and sit and hold their hand when they're going through chemo and stuff? What is it of me that you want? What can I do? And this is it. You were brought to me for that reason, so that I finally can get it out to the world that, look, life has its ups and downs. It's not always easy, but there is a light at the tunnel either way. Whether you stay on this earth or whether you go home to your eternal life, 
you will, your spirit and your soul will live on forever. And people here on earth will remember you forever yeah. for who you were and what you did, goods and bads, but they will never forget you. So while you're here, do the right things for the Lord. He can't be here to physically speak to all of us, only his spirit. Mm -hmm. So he's put his spirit in me to verbalize to others that follow your journey. Don't give up. Kids that are out there that think they have nothing to live for, the Lord is with you. He's got you. Never give up. Never give up. Aren't you curious to see what your journey is all about? For someone right now that is in that season where, and it's an honor to be able to give you a platform to do this, by the way, and that was very Thank sweet of you. Thank you. Um, that is in that right now. Would you have any first advice for them what to do in that situation right now, if it's very low and very depressed and they just happen to be listening and no one else knows. If you are down and you're out and you're low and feel that the world is caving in on you, you can't find work, you don't know what you want to do, you don't know where you're supposed to be, you have people telling you, tagging you with all kinds of diseases, you have ADHD, you have this, you have that, you have... Put it all aside. Go sit in a church, any church, and look at the Lord and look into his eyes with all your heart, not half, whole, and say, Lord, help me. And reach out to somebody you really love that you know will be there for you. Do not hold it in. Do not go online and look for information and try and find what you think you might have. Just believe what I'm telling you. I am a miracle. I am here to tell you that we all go through our ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us. We have our childhood, our, our adolescence, family members. There's nobody's life that's perfect. And yes, are there chemical imbalances in people? All of us have chemical imbalances. Mm -hmm. But we are created by the Lord, and he will get us through whatever it is. Do not give up. Do not. Somebody loves you. You'll break somebody's heart leaving this world. If you hurt sure. yourself, if you're abusing yourself, you're, you're special. You're, like yeah. I told my nephews. Isn't it sad that I, they don't know that they're a gift? I tell my nephews all the time, you're my gift. Mm -hmm. Please take care of yourselves. You're my gift. The Lord made your mom and dad have you guys, and you're my gift. Yeah. I love you. My daughter, everybody in my life, you're all my gifts. You're just my a, gift. Just a quick switch in perception <laughs> is just, just like a bush gets cut down to be at its fullest. It needs to be trimmed down first and then it blooms. Blooms. so god comes in yes. and does that if you view it as such i think if people view that in their mind as this is temporary it's a season i'm getting refined yes. just like a diamond yes. comes out under pressure i think that the 
communication and parenting and the way we teach, I think early on, we need to explain to kids a little bit what life is more about and talk about things like this a little bit more openly. And they're not stupid. Nobody at that age um, is so, and especially kids are getting so much fa uh, faster and smarter earlier and younger because of technology and things like that. So just for maybe parents, have an open conversation about life. But Absolutely. you don't have to be best friends if you want to keep, a, I think, a, a line there for structure parent, and yes. being a parent. But right. I don't know. I just, if people were explained more things, you know, you go into this world and you just, you don't know the rules of the game and everything's depressing and scary and there's wars everywhere and nobody's telling you the reason why and we're these weird people walking around and there's no explanation. I mean, I kind of get that and I walk around in my life sometimes. I mean, I could engage in small talk all the time like that. And I do in the back of my mind sometimes wonder why we don't, why everybody's not like, wow, we're in this magical world and we're doing all these things in this three-dimensional space and we have everything. We're not really discussing that. We're talking about, you know, what's going around the house and putting up stuff and, I don't know. I just feel different sometimes. You have a child. You chose to have a child. It's it's a gift, right? You and your your wife. Your well, I don't have a, a child yet. Got no, you know what it. I mean. Oh, okay. In general, a child is is a big is a big responsibility, and the Lord gives you that blessing to to create or to mold this little being into something good here on earth. Sometimes we have no control. It's true. Sometimes it's just within that right. child. But 99% of the time they learn from their environments and they the, get them off that phone, that computer for an hour on a Saturday, even an hour. There were a lot, I know in, in my business, a lot of wonderful daddies. They mm. do a lot of wonderful things with their kids. They take them to basketball and yeah. soccer and yeah. even moms with the daughters, with the boys. They, they're involved. It's a good thing. Be involved. I have one customer. I love him. I love this little boy. He is full of life. He is so focused on his football and his sports and him and dad and the brother. They go to all these sports events. Lovely mother and father. The father is a great guy. Gives them, they have a good life. Yeah. But they love their father and mother. The mother and father, they do a lot as a family, as a unit. Right. And... Unfortunately, a lot of kids don't have that, and it's important. I know it made me who I am, um, having that family bond. Yeah. And, you know, parents becoming too busy, and they have to, they too have to sit back and say, wait a minute. Right. My kid's 10, my kid's 11, my kid's 14, my kid, you know. That quickly, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And it does affect because you know? we're thinking, oh, I'm working on, you can get caught up in work and what you're trying to build or, right. or things like that. But yeah, the pathway is to the person came about after CJ, which was the last episode of the podcast, really, because it after Hal and everything, I found that it really can work. 
a certain way. So writing a book, trying to really put this into the world. And it's very, I'm glad you're here and you're sharing your story because I also think that you were meant to be here. And I do believe that, that, you know, they say kindle spirits unite. and We are kindled spirits. That's right. You know, we all walk the earth. We have kindled spirits that just, they're drawn to us and we're drawn to them. That's how we love. It's not necessarily about who you love. It's the spirits. It's the kindled spirits that draw you together mm -hmm. and make you love that person so much. Yeah. Because they have, there's something missing that in you and something, and then all of a sudden now it's one and it's good and it works. Yeah. You know? It's beautiful. So beyond that stem cell and all that terribleness, um, I will say there was a black time um, when I finally got home. And I was sitting on the, laying on the couch, my significant doing everything for me. And that's not my style. I'm a go getter. Yeah. I don't like, I want to be the doer. Yeah. I don't want to remind me of my you mom. Know, so I say, you know, I I can't. I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to live like this. Just like that. And at that point, I got to tell you, I started calling my family, my friends. I'm not going back to dialysis. Really? I'm done. I am done. I'm going home. No, after all you've been through, there's no way, no way you're doing that. No way. You're not leaving us. You're here. The Lord saved you. You're still here. You can do this. I don't want to do this. And went to dialysis they, that day. I couldn't get through it. I said, take me off. Take me off. Carmelli, you have an hour. Come on. And I was the, always the one going in and laughing and talking even with the walker and, you know, mm -hmm. and trying to up the other people's spirits because that's me. I felt so sorry for people that were worse than me. And that's one day you couldn't talk to me. There was no way. And they were getting scared. I said, you just take me off. I'm okay. Yeah. And they did. And without that dialysis, I mean, it'll take a day. You'll be gone. And it was it was very hard for my family, very hard to say the least. They were all calling, coming over, please. My doctor, everybody, no, please, Carmel, please don't do this. Come on, come on, this is not you. Yeah. You can do this, you can, I promise you. We'll cut it back if we have to. We'll cut it back, we'll, we'll, we'll give you another day. I don't want it. I am done. Guys, I'm so, I love you all dearly, but I need to go home. Mm -hmm. I've had enough. Well, lo and behold, here I am. You are here. <laughs> I know. I've... I fought through it. I'm glad. With the love of my family and the love of my friends, I really felt, wow, these people really love, they really love me. You know, how could I do that? How could I do it to my nephews? How can I do it to my significant? How can I do I, I have so much to live for. Yeah. Don't you want to see where this journey's bringing you? Come on. You can do this. It was hard. 
I went back. I wasn't crazy about going back. But as the days went on, and I knew I was getting closer to a year, and I had one more to go because you have to be in remission for two years before they even think about giving you a kidney. And I started to go make the provisions of where I would be if I get a kidney. And I am, my blood type is O positive. Mm. So it was a very hard call. I'm good for everybody else, but it's hard to find that blood type for me. Right. My beautiful boy, my nephews, they wanted so badly to give their aunt a kidney. And I wouldn't do it. Even if they were, you know, uh, compatible, I just couldn't do it. They were too young. They had their whole life ahead of them. My cousins in Florida, so many people. I would have done it. He's so cute. I know you would have. And I would have done it for someone that I loved if I was compatible. But they're very strict. Mm -hmm. And it has to be a certain, um, your blood type has to be exactly the same. The person has to be very healthy. You know, it's a long, drawn-out thing. Uh, Just a lot of painful stuff, Jeff. I mean... I do remember one night in that hospital with stem cell being so sick, and I had one fa- one bad nurse, one bad nurse, mm-hmm. which she was tough. She was not nice. And she would rough me up oh, uh, because she had to come in every couple of minutes because everything just comes out of you. You have no control, and you're, in, you're burning everywhere, and you're in so much pain, and you're so sick. And she was not tolerant. And I could hear her feet coming down the hallway, and I used to get so nervous. Yeah, I could hear her boots, boom, boom, boom. And she had very strong perfume, and it used to make me feel sick, like the perfume. And she just wasn't nice. And then finally, I said, you you got to get me out of here. I started saying to the nurses, "I've been this is like after three weeks, I've been here long enough. I've been very patient. I'm done. Get me out of here, please. I bet nurse and I would, don't worry, Carmel, it's okay. You're very close. We're going to send you somebody different tonight, I promise you. And they did. They sent me a male nurse. His name was Chris, uh, Christian Christ, right? And his assistant was Nicole. And when Christian walked through that door, he was the most radiant young man I've ever seen. Hmm. He had dark hair. He was an all white, all white, white jacket, white pants, white shoes. And he came next to my bed and he says to me, don't you worry. I'm going to be here with you all night. Anything you need, I'm right by your side. That was the Lord. Yeah. I do believe that. And by the next morning, he was gone. I didn't see him again. Wow. And, you know, that was... A rough time and then going for this, you know, the fistula they put in your arm for permanent dialysis. So, so very, very painful. A lot of pain. A lot of pain. Enduring a lot of pain. But the the strength or the or the positive to live was a whole hell of a lot stronger. Because mm-hmm. now I knew the Lord was with me. Right. After the dialysis, the Lord was with me. I had no worries. The day I got that phone call, that that morning, I was cleaning up from New Year's. My family had come. They had left. 
and I still have my grandmother's, my father's mother's manger. It's way nice. over 100 years old. It's adorable. It's about this big. And I'm putting things away, and I looked, and I said, please, baby, please, this is, this is little Christmas. Please, please, all I want is a kidney. Oh. And I received the call, January 7th. Is this Carmela Lavira? Yes. This is Lehigh Valley. Okay. We have a kidney for you. Are you interested? Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Click. <laughs> well, she said someone has turned it down. Wow. And you're next in line. Interesting. Wow. She says, That's if amazing. you're interested, you have, did you eat today? I say, no. What was the celebration like? You know, when that oh, happened, were you just hysterical. family? I'm sure it was so Calling happy. Calling everybody as I'm as we're driving there and my significant crying and it just, everybody was so my brother, please pray for my sister. She's getting a kidney t- transplant today. My brother and I were like this. Yeah. My nephews, everybody, they call me their warrior. Yeah, Mel, you're a warrior. Yeah, you're warrior. something else. I mean, <laughs> you're really. a warrior. So, of course, when we got there, my significant was getting ready to come in. I said, you can't come in. It's COVID. They're not going to let you in. So I walked into that hospital by myself. But, Jeff, I could feel the Lord's hand on my shoulder, and he was walking me. And I looked, and I said, I know you're with me, Lord. You're always with me. That's great. And I went, walked through that hospital, and with hours, within hours, they were hooking me up, mm-hmm. and I was getting a kidney transplant. Through the journey, was there ever a flat line where you were clinically dead? No. Nothing where no. it was a full. No. Thank death. God. Okay. Never yeah, went to the other side. I stayed on earth. And um, again, it, it was, you know, it was touch and go for everything I went through. Everything was a gift. Not, you know, the the miracle of the surgeons I saw everything in a different light. Like, you know, I'm laying on this operating table with hundreds or lots of people around in that OR. And the two surgeons with these big, big lights looking at this cadaver that they're going to put inside of me. And I'm thinking, Lord, please bless their hands. Stay with them. Help them. God, thank you for them. Thank you for them, their knowledge and their expertise mm-hmm. and what they're about to do. Do you think being grateful in any situation is just so important? It no is matter very what? Important. And being intentional, maybe even at the end of the day, no matter how bad that day was, just pointing out what were the good things that happened? Always. Every morning that I wake up and I open my eyes and I stand up, I did it this morning before I came to see you. Lord, protect my family. Protect my friend. Protect Jeff. Protect everyone. Give them all the love and the light that you've given me so that they too could enjoy and embrace you the way I do. Thank you, Jesus. Every day. Every day. Because every day is a new day. Mm -hmm. No two days are the same. Yesterday is gone. 
Tomorrow didn't come. It's today. Right. What we do today is all that's important. Enjoy every single day is a gift. And whatever transpires, whether it's good or bad, there is a reason and a solution. You may not know it, but it will happen. Mm-hmm. So that's how I live my life. You know, they used to say, smell the flowers. Yeah. You know, it's very true. It is. Sometimes you have to stop. You have to stop. Listen to the birds. Listen, you know, see the trees. Listen to a little child. Look at an old person walking. If you think they need help, help them. If they, maybe they look like they need money. Give them a couple of dollars. not going to kill mm-hmm. you. You made that person's day. That could be the Lord walking to see what you're going to do. Are you going to come over to me or am I just too dirty for you? You got to look at everybody in a different light. You can't, you know, like if I get a person in my chair, why is this guy so grumpy? Why? No. Mm -hmm. Maybe that person has a very hard life or has emotionally doesn't know how to connect. You make them comfortable so they can connect. Everybody is, you are able to connect to anybody. Right. And this is being proven through this show. Mark Robinson, the co-host, is somebody that I would have walked by and never thought a thing and just continued. Now it's opened up into such a valuable friendship. And the people that I'm sitting down to, it is the most value you can get and there's nothing compares to something like this money anything it doesn't it really is what we were meant for for the people that are not able to do what we do that are not able to connect god give them that gift because once you learn to connect with all people of all types and look at them for who they are. It's a whole hell of a lot different than just passing them on the street and making your own determination. Yeah, I hope I can yeah. I can help. And I think you're gonna help a lot of people, honey. Well, thank you. This, this is, is elevating platform. me and really giving me, fueling me right now. The wave is something that I, I'm feeling at this moment. And I think that it would be an absolute honor to be able to find as many people to view this as possible someday because I think that you have such a really, you're such a beautiful person and been through Thank so you. much and you've carried your cross and you've come out the other side yes. and you can tell about it and really make an impact. And I could hear it in your voice. I could hear it's real. Mm-hmm. I could hear your passion absolutely, and your energy. It is all, it all, all the puzzle parts, they all start to fit. You know, when you're a little kid and you get disgusted because you can't fit that part. Yeah. But as you continue to build the puzzle, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you go, oh, I know where this goes now. It's like a light bulb goes off. Yeah. And you get, you get mm-hmm. in a, in a groove and then you hit an obstacle and yes. you're off for a while. So there's a yes. bit of a uh, disconnect. The other. And we all have it. We all have it. And the name, The Wave, what a genuinely beautiful name. Because there's no more beautiful place for me than looking at the eternal ocean. 
that yeah. goes and yeah, goes the ocean. and goes. The waves in the ocean. I've always liked the ocean since I was a kid. Me too, always. So it is, uh, it's a place of pleasure and beauty yeah. that was created and it it's eternal. Never, never me knowing that I like the ocean, I didn't realize that God would place me into this where there would be something that I would be working on that would have the ocean as a central theme. Yeah, the wave is, is a beautiful name. Makes a great statement about life. It is a wave. It comes yeah. up, it comes down, and then it flows even. Yeah. It goes up again, comes down. I mean, it is And that's how I beautiful. felt when I, when I get on a little bit of that connection streak where whether it's CJ, there are things and opportunities that begin to open up to me. Mm-hmm. And I was just lost in the hospital. My mom recently had knee surgery. And uh, we were concerned because of her underlying conditions and her health. And I've, she's also a very strong woman, mm-hmm. very strong. She reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. And I've never in my entire life seen her in the hospital or really vulnerable. She's so you know strong. She's been a rock through me, my brother, stepfather, exchanging tragedies our whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, just being in there in the waiting room and those stages, seeing where she's at and things like that was so concerning and you know i was worried i don't really remember where i was going with this i did lose my train of thought we were talking about about the wave (laughs) yeah i mean however i was gonna go connect that i just but it is a um it's great honor to be here with you today and i wanted to thank you for allowing me to talk about this subject and anyone out there who's not feeling well do not let any doctor tell you it's in your head keep on going until you find answers, amyloid is a very, very scary disease. It's very rare, and it's coming more and more into its place. Unfortunately, it hurts a lot of people terribly, and they don't make it through. Um, please take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Enjoy those things in life, because once we're gone, we're gone for, that's it. We go to our eternal life until we see each other again. So enjoy the time that you have together. We waste more time arguing and fighting and disagreeing. And I know it's easier said than done, but it has to stop. Even in the country, in the world, stop with all the fighting and all the, I know it's been like that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. But wouldn't it be nice if everybody could just sit back and just stop it and listen and look around you and how unimportant it is when you're gone. You're not taking your Mercedes to heaven. You're Very not. true. Exactly. You're not taking your, your Rolex watches and your, mm-hmm. you know, you're leaving that behind. Yeah. Your kids are enjoying that while you're gone. And when you look back, you know? what is what was the accomplishment? What impact, if any, if because what if people could say it's going to end and in years, years, centuries from now, it won't matter. But I believe it's inter- it's eternal and it, it echoes through time. It if does. there's multiple universes, so what you really do does matter, and you can accomplish your dreams. Yes, but you have to be intentional yes. and work a bit. That's but right. faith That's is definitely right. where the fight is. And I think that this conversation is just so great. You know, it it's just, you know, 
listen, nice things you work hard for, that's amazing. But never lose your humble. Never lose who you are. I don't care how wealthy you get. As long as you're getting it on your own merits, you're not hurting anybody to get there. That's all great. And yes, the Lord wants us to enjoy the things he has put here for us. Yeah. But stay humble. Yeah. And remember where you came from first. If there's a way to create something that's from the heart, because this was born through trying to find the culture of my other company, NCK Equipment. And I'm working on the language and the visuals. It's getting better. The more I speak about it, the easier that it's becoming to be able to explain that. It's a little bit difficult. Communication takes time and the visual visualization and putting slides together and the more I present it and things like that, but they are interconnected. They're intertwined really. And it's an interesting position to be in because it really is an extension of me, but really not me. It's me as a vessel, but they come out in different policies and presentations and and things like that. Um, But it's just, I think we have a very unique platform right now. And I think that there's something to this. We just, it's a matter of time before it lays itself out. People get it and the followers come. And in the, but in the back end, you know, every day, first thing is to make sure NCK, the equipment company is running. So the money's coming in. Of course you have to survive. I'm not saying, you know, we should all just, you know, live on the land. I wish it was that easy. Yeah. We all have to survive. We all have to making money and going to work is part of the culture that we have, how we were raised, how we were brought up to, to do good things and reap the rewards of our good things. Right. But when people lose themselves, and become so overwhelmed with material life, right? then they're losing out on what it's really, you can have everything. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, where I was going with that too, if that happens, the money comes later because God does take care of you. Yes. So if it's genuine from your heart, unique, and you're putting it out and you're working on it, yes. I think that eventually the universe does reward and pay back. Now, that does not come without obstacles, but those tests are there for a specific reason. Right, right. Um, and and the thing is that, you know, when you prioritize wealth above health and family, it becomes a little much. Because if you don't have your health, and your family members don't have theirs, it's not enjoyable. How could you enjoy all these material things if there's so much tragedy in your life due to health or or you're just not there because mm-hmm. or you're step how do you step on someone, use them, steal from them, and feel happy about yourself? Yeah. Or or your material things. What makes you strong and able to feel good is when you not only become wealthy financially, but you become wealthy in your heart. First. Yes. Yeah, that's... Your heart is is wealthy because it's a plethora of give. Spiritual wealth. You know, it wants to give, not just financially, but love and make other people know that they too can have it. 
There is a way to have it all. You just have to work at it and you have to stay humble. Things don't just come like that. But also everybody in their own space. Everybody that's unique. Somebody might be more technical so they could be an engineer. Somebody might be good at sales so they could do that. Being an impact and working at Burger King, it makes no difference. It really is. You're somebody that cuts hair, you always have. Yet look at the amount of people that you help on a day-to-day basis because you're who you are. It matters. That's what really matters. That matters more to me than money. And that's what legacy is. Mm-hmm. That's what true, true legacy is, mm-hmm. is is building that. And I've always been interested in the, the space that I'm pursuing. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking to grow this as large as, it'll, as large as it could be ethically and surround myself with good people. And so far we have, it's funny, we have a small... I'll have pictures out on the Facebook. It's just a little in my den in my apartment and it's three corner desks. So Mark Robinson does projects, design work, uh-huh. and he manages that. And my Alex Hayes is operations and assistant director, sort of a number two. And he'll work, we'll do hybrid. So we have a project plan. We're going slow, step-by-step step, to make this and turn it into to something. It's almost like three people sitting in a rocket ship yeah. Just waiting for it to take off, but right. we're, you know, I would say I don't know exactly, but hopefully within the next six month months, wave ma- the wave maker will come out, which will be the first book. Oh wow! And that's really to begin because if the word gets out through this platform, and if people go to the website www.ridethewave.org, you could take a look at our commitment statement. So in order to get there, it's slowly having conversations like this, hopefully people that go to the mission in Morristown and that are underprivileged. And then through conversation, people will have an understanding, everyday people, and learn. And then at the same time, release that book simultaneously to just plant some seeds, tell the story of Daryl and some principles to approach people there in the beginning stages there because eventually there's going to be a training program on video then an app and then live training Mm -hmm. so i feel like i have a unique angle and a gift that i finally see and i want to optimize i think i got it from my mom my mom when i was a kid i used to go she retired from honeywell she was a nurse so honeywell is a complete staff at one point they did Mm -hmm. so they had a doctor's office and she was a nurse there but as a kid wheeling back and forth on the chair in the office. I but I always noticed that everybody came to her, spoke to her. She was very well liked and she connected with people, listened really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that I have that something similar and I'm trying to optimize what my mom has to the 10th degree, to the highest degree mm-hmm. and to do that. But I... I'm not going to pretend to be perfect. I know that I'm, I make a lot of mistakes. I could do things better, but communication, making sure my team has an understanding of who I am, and as a leader, trying to fill in the gaps of where a lot, where I fall short. But it, it's tough. It, there's a lot of moving parts, and where communication lacks, doubt fills in. So sometimes I may not, I may change something or say something and somebody's festering in the other end. And I, I mean, so it, it, but it's fun. 
because I have a purpose and I love what I do every day. And I do feel like there is a hand on me Absolutely. as well every day and guiding me. And if I'm far from that, it's to me the worst. So I want to make sure that I get back. Well, and you're doing a great job. Thank you. And <laughs> you being here is just amazing. I, like I said, when I first met you, I wanted you to come in and I'm so glad you were able to, and you're feeling better. Yes. I Good am. enough. You to. know, I mean, the, the effect of the matter is that I will always be, you know, like a crab game, you know, I mean, but aren't we all? Yeah. Who's to know, right? So far, I made it this thus far. I'm going to be, I don't even want to tell people, I'm going to be 65 this year. Awesome. And um, I just love life. I love it. I love right. life. I love people. I enjoy every day. I love to have a good time. I am my mother and father's daughter for sure. Yeah. And um, I just had my whole family for New Year's, my brother's side, and uh, my his sons and him, and my oldest with his wife, and the joy. My daughter was there, and it was it was it was a joy. Yeah. Because that's how I grew up, mm -hmm. and I love to embrace family and friends and just come. Let's have fun. Well, if it's, it's even time. a fraction <laughs> of our conversations and our connections when we met, you are bringing your version of heaven on earth, even temporarily, because we do that through individual interactions and that's someone who you are. And I feel blessed to be able to even be sitting across from you. And thank, thank you, you again so much. Do you have oh, any social media or anything that you would want to share if anybody had a question about anything to contact you about those diseases or, and that's okay if not, because we didn't talk about this prior. I'm no, no, that's okay. Absolutely. Um, I would love to help anyone that would like to reach out. And if they have any questions or on, on anything, I'd be more than happy if they just need someone to talk to. I'm there. Yeah, that would be great. You know, I'm there because you're just so, I feel like you have so much knowledge and experience mm -hmm. in life. Yes. That yeah, if you could share some contact information, Absolutely. if you're okay with that, I am. I am. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, you know, you can. What What do you use? They use the email, right? Or the the car. I'm, I'm under Carmela Lavira. That's my Facebook page. I'm on Instagram too. Okay. So you know, do you have an email address that you want to share? I do. It's Carmela Lavira. Can you spell Lavira? L i v e r a. Okay. At gmail dot com. All right. I'd be more than happy. I would love to hear from uh, your listeners. And if there's anything I could do to help anybody, yeah, I would love to do that. And everyone also, there's <laughs> been an update to the website as well. If you scroll all the way down, there's a contact page. So there's a tab. If you are interested in becoming a guest, you feel like you have a really good story that could help other people and get our you know word out with the foundation we'd be really we'd love to have you so there's a little tab you could do guest request put in a little information you'll get an email back to fill out a form and then uh, one of us will contact you and hopefully we could sit down and just continue so thank you so much and if you My like pleasure. what you heard which i'd be shocked if you didn't because <laughs> carmela you are an angel Thank you again. Uh, follow us on social media. Scroll down to our site. Everything's there. Um, but thank you for joining us. And everyone, have a really great rest of the day or evening, wherever you're at. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. Stay well. Stay well. <laughs>
Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining us at the Wave Podcast. If you like the content and want to see more, please subscribe to all our social media platforms. They'll be listed below. See you next time.